Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I'm French. And I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Hello everybody, welcome to House of Champions. We've got an Arsenal special for all of you Crazy Gunners fans. Thanks a lot for tuning in. So don't hesitate to ask Fab any questions or queries that you have over Arsenal. Uh, we've got him for the next 20 minutes or so. Fab, how are you doing my friend? Great to have you back on. Hey my friend, my pleasure as always. I'm great, ready for this transfer window and uh, ready to answer all the questions because for Arsenal is an incredible moment and so I can feel the excitement of the fans. Yeah, absolutely. As you attested, uh, you know, Arsenal already, uh, you know, top of the Premier League, looking good at this moment in time. Fingers crossed for them it stays that way. But no better place to start than uh, Mudrik. So uh, let's uh, let, let's get you on that to start with. Is there any update there? Is there a new offer in perhaps? Yes, we can say that uh, after negotiations still ongoing between Arsenal and Shakhtar because the two clubs have been in touch for, for a really long time and weeks, now we can say that Arsenal have improved their proposal. I'm still checking to understand how much Arsenal have offered because now all sources was to want to keep things quiet after uh, Shakhtar rejected the opening proposal. It was 40 million euros plus 20 in add-ons. Shakhtar said no. They always stated in public they wanted close to 100 millions for Mikhailo Mudrik as they consider him a top talent as Anthony, Jack Grealish, many players with uh, big moves in the Premier League. But the feeling has always been that Shakhtar could accept something less than 100 million euros package. So this is why the negotiations are still ongoing. Let's see what Shakhtar will decide after this uh, new approach from Arsenal. The two clubs, again, are still in direct contact. So the negotiation is ongoing. Uh, it's a good relationship, but now it's time to be fast. Because also Chelsea are interested in Mikhailo Modric. We know that for the player, the priority has always been Arsenal. He would be more than happy for what I'm told uh, of joining Arsenal. But the Cody Gakpo story uh, a few weeks ago shows that sometimes you have to be fast. You have to close the negotiations. Otherwise, other clubs can jump into it and uh, move faster. So this is the case. Arsenal know that they have to be fast. They have improved the proposal. Let's see what Shakhtar will say. At the moment, Chelsea are interested, but at the moment, it's not that advanced. So Arsenal remain the priority for the player, for Shakhtar. But it's up to the two clubs now to find an agreement. 
Any updates on actually where Mudrik himself is at the moment? I know that Arsenal Twitter has been alight with people speculating about whether he's in a hotel room somewhere in London or, uh, you know, in <laughs> fact, if he's actually just close to home. No, I think no. I think he's not in London yet. He's waiting. For sure he's waiting because it's no secret that he wants to play in Premier League. It's no secret that he would love to join uh, Arsenal. I think also in his Instagram stories in the last few days, it was pretty clear. He was watching the game with Edin Ketia scoring the third goal and then uh, posting again about Roberto De Zerbi and Mikel Arteta. So the messages were pretty clear. But now it's on Arsenal. They have to find an agreement with Shakhtar because Chelsea are there and uh, we know, again, after Cody Gakpo, how the timing in general is really important. Because, for example, in the summer transfer window, you have three months, and so the negotiations are, are way longer. But now, in January, it's a few weeks. Shakhtar also have interest in having a final answer as soon as possible. And so let's see how it will continue. But for Arsenal, it's a priority. And for the player, too, he wants to move to the Premier League in January. Uh, and as well as Mudrik, another name that is never far from the headlines at this moment in time is Joao Felix. Uh, you know, we have a question that's just been put in here saying, will Felix go to either Manchester United or Arsenal? Because Manchester United already spent a lot of money in the summer. Can they afford another spending of a similar size in the winter window? So honestly, uh, for Joe Felix, uh, first of all, on Arsenal, uh, I think their focus now is Mudrik. They had conversations, both clubs had conversations with Jorge Mendes. Uh, he's been in England multiple days to have conversations with uh, with, the, with these clubs. Arsenal, Man United, also with Chelsea, but Chelsea consider they have Mason Mount in that position. Christopher Kunku is joining in the summer, so with Chelsea at the moment, is quite. Arsenal and Manchester United uh, have exploring this possibility they know the conditions of the deal the real problem is that for uh, Atletico Madrid is more than 100 million euros if these clubs want to sign Joe Felix on a permanent deal otherwise for a loan it has to be a huge loan fee plus the salary of the second part of the season so in total it's around 18-19 million euros for just five, six months and with no guarantee of signing the player in the summer. So this is why at the moment both clubs are waiting to see what kind of conditions there will be maybe in a few weeks because as of now, Arsenal and May United are not accepting the conditions of Atletico Madrid. Let's see what Atletico will decide too. So at the moment it's not, uh, it's not an easy one but for sure England is the potential destination because Paris Saint-Germain are not interested. To answer the question, Manchester United, they have been in touch with Jorge Mendes. So for sure, Joe Felix is a player they have in the list but it depends on the financial conditions. And for Arsenal, my feeling is the priority is Mikhailo Mudrik. I don't see Arsenal signing two players in that position. It's also because, as we mentioned, they are top of the Premier League. Uh, Martinelli, Saka, all the offensive players are doing fantastic. And so to include more than one player could be also a potential problem for Arteta. This is why I think they will go for one player in that position. And Mudrik is the priority now. But Joe Felix is a player they appreciate. Again, depends on Atletico because with 18, 19 million euros for five, six months is something that at the moment is complicated. Yeah, and an interesting move from Arsenal in the last couple of days has been activating some of the clauses in uh, some players' contracts, notably William Saliba, to extend him. But uh, is it your understanding that there are still negotiations to sort out a long-term extension and that was just something that was in the contract that Arsenal had the power to activate anyway? Yes, 100%. So, uh, as you mentioned, they trigger all the clauses. Bukayo Saka, William Saliba, is absolutely normal. They, they proceed like this. Also, Charlie Patino is really talented and they consider him a player for the future. He had this clause to extend the contract till 2025. But for all these players, Arsenal are already in negotiations to offer them a new long-term deal. So, 
Bukayosaka, there are discussions ongoing. The player loves the club, and Arsenal are discussing with him on a potential new long term deal. Uh, William Saliba was not an easy one because he returned from Marseille, and we know that was not an easy situation uh, with Arsenal because he was sent on loan in an important moment of his career. But then everything changed. I think Edu Arteta did an excellent job with him. Now he's an important player and he feels the love of Arsenal fans and also of the club, of the manager. And this is why negotiations are ongoing also with Saliba. And, uh, and also Gabriel Martinelli, because in Gabriel Martinelli's contract, there was, no, there was no clause to extend for just one more year, but longer. But the priority for Arsenal is to have a new deal signed very soon. Negotiations are very advanced with Martinelli. So Arsenal have a very good relationship with his agents and they hope to complete these three contract extensions in, in the next weeks or months. Now, one player who was linked heavily with Arsenal during the summer transfer window was Aston Villa's Douglas Luiz. Obviously, he's part of the Aston Villa team that won away at Tottenham Hotspur over the weekend. So no better way to endear yourself to the Arsenal fans than being able to show that you can beat Spurs already. Um, But we know that since then, uh, he extended his contract at Villa Park. Has there been any sort of new interest from Arsenal to potentially trying to see what, uh, you know, what happens with Douglas Luiz? Obviously, there's been a change of coach at Villa as well with Unai Emery there now. Do you get the impression that that's something that Arsenal are leaving behind or is it something that they could perhaps come back and revisit? No, for sure. Arsenal, first of all, have excellent relationship with his agents, and this is an important point. This is why Arsenal tried to attack the player in the final days of the summer transfer window, but then Aston Villa were really strong on their position. They didn't want to sell uh, Douglas Lewis, and also they've been able to extend this contract, and that was absolutely not easy. So, uh, congrats to Aston Villa, because to extend the contract in October, in November, when the player is requested by many top clubs, was not easy at all. But at the moment, for Arsenal, he remains a player appreciated, but at the moment, it's not a direct negotiations with, they're in negotiation with, uh, with Aston Villa. So it's still a quiet one. I think the real focus is to get Mudrik as soon as possible. So this is why they're working on that one. And then we have to see for the midfielder and potentially for the right back because it depends on Cedric Suarez if he will go alone, if he will stay at the club. So there are some things, midfielder, right back, depending on the evolution of the situation. But now the priority is Mikhailo Mudrik. So Douglas Ruiz is appreciated, but many clubs are following him. For example, also Atletico Madrid in Spain and many others. So it remains an open situation. But my feeling, as you mentioned, after Una Yemere arrived and now Aston Villa are doing very well. Uh, I think they will try to keep the player at least until the end of the season and maybe letting go in the summer. Well, you've got a couple of questions coming in as well. You've got this one here uh, from Hasdaman95. Any update on midfielders? Example, Danilo Torres. Uh, you know, is there anyone else that Arsenal are perhaps considering after they potentially uh, you know, solve the Mudrik situation? Well, Danilo from Palmeiras is a player they, they always appreciated. Also, he was on the list also last summer, but now there were no fresh contacts with Palmeiras. Uh, so at the moment, it's still a quiet situation. For Torres, they just scouted him, but never in advanced negotiations to sign to sign Torres. I think Danilo is a player they, they really appreciate because he has kind of skills to play for Arsenal. Also, as a good, good level, uh, even if he's not playing in Europe, to move to European football and make an impact. But at the moment, it's not something concrete. It's not something uh, advanced. So we have to see for the midfielder. I think we have to, to wait a bit and see also because for Danilo is around 40 millions. And I think the real secret for Arsenal to change the situation, we still remember how complicated it was one year and a half ago when Mikel Arteta lost four games. He was uh, in dubbed. We still remember the situation. The vision of the club made the difference. Arteta, together with Edu, together with the World Board, to decide on every single target. This is what they will do also in January. They will act only if they are 100% convinced of the player, as they are of Mikhailo Mudrik. So this is why the vision is going to be key. And for the midfielder, at the moment, they have still not decided who is the right player to attack. They have men in the list, but the priority is Mudrik now. 
There's an interesting situation or a couple of interesting situations developing in France as well. Arsenal have two loanees out here at the moment. You've got Balogun at uh, Reims and you've also got Tavares at uh, Marseille. Both players doing very, very well so far this season. Uh, Balogun in particular, uh, you know, obviously a subject of interest for many USMNT fans as well because he is potentially eligible to represent the United States. Uh, has there been any updates uh, in, you know, Arsenal's thinking on the, the topic of these two players? Are they players that the Gunners plan to bring back and maybe give a chance uh, at the end of the season? Because it does sound like both will at least finish the campaign in France. Yes, both will finish the campaign in France for sure. We had rumours on Balogun as an opportunity for Arsenal to replace Gabriel Jesus, but I'm told that Arsenal always wanted him to continue at Reims. He's doing fantastic, as you mentioned. They want him to be a starter, to play, to score goals, to make experience. So this is why he's not changing in, in January. And then they will decide in the summer for both Balogun and, and Nuno Tavares. I think Nuno Tavares has a good chance to, to stay because Arsenal always trusted him. Last summer, Atalanta wanted a player on loan with an obligation to buy close, and Arsenal said no because they wanted to keep the player for long term. So I think, as he's doing very well, there is a chance for him to stay in Arsenal's squad next summer. For Balogun, we have to say what happens, of course, with Edin Ketia, with Gabriel Jesus, and with more uh, more strikers. But they will decide in the summer. Nothing is decided now. I expect both of them to, to stay in France and then to, to complete the season there. Personally, I think Nuno Tavares is today one of the best left-backs in Europe. He's doing very good. His left foot is making the difference for Olympique Marseille. So he's a very good player, a very important player. And this is why I think Arsenal will give him a chance next summer. Oh, you've got a bit of an SMS alert coming through. Milinkovic Savic, I don't think we've had many of these chats where his name hasn't at least cropped up once. Anything uh, at all on, uh, on, on the radar for him? No, uh, I'm sorry to give always the same answer on uh, Milinkovic-Savic to Arsenal fans, but it's still the same. Lazio want more than 100 million euros for him, so it's a huge fee. Lazio don't want to sell the player in January. We will see in the summer because he's out of contract in summer 2024. So in summer we will see, but now I think it's going to be really difficult and Lazio mission is to keep the player. So at the moment there are no negotiations, nothing concrete. Fantastic stuff. Well, guys, we are benefiting from Fabrizio Romano's unrivaled insights. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back after the break. So make sure you your questions in if you want him to potentially respond before the end of this chat. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. All right, everybody, welcome back to House of Champions. We're joined by Fabrizio Romano for this Arsenal special. And if you're an American soccer fan following the Stars and Stripes, then make sure to check out another great pod in the CBS Sports Podcast family. In soccer, we trust former USMNT stars Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, and Charlie Davies previewing and reacting to every US match with perspective that only they can offer. So download and subscribe to that in Soccer We Trust podcast anywhere that you find this one. And also, don't miss today's in soccer we trust special at 1 p.m et the guys will be welcoming fab back on for a concacaf transfer special so make sure to put that on your alerts fab great to have you uh let's jump straight back into it what's the latest on enzo fernandez yes for enzo fernandez is going to be a really important week 
because at the moment, honestly, there are no fresh updates. Chelsea and Benfica are in negotiation. They are speaking. Let's see what Benfica would decide. It's a similar situation to Mudrik, uh, but in this case, for a different price, of course, different player. But it's on the club now. Uh, Benfica president Rui Costa always stated uh, in public and in private that they wanted the release clause, 120 million euros in one solution or nothing. Now Chelsea are tempting Benfica because they are proposing almost the same fee but with completely different payment terms and so this is why it's on Benfica now uh, they're waiting they're waiting for Benfica to decide they're still in contact with the club Enzo Fernandez wants the move because Enzo would love to join Chelsea but he played against Braga because he will always be respectful with Benfica in case he will stay at Benfica he doesn't want to create any problem is the club who changed his life and so it's absolutely normal for Enzo to to be respectful but at the same point Chelsea are still pushing insisting they have an agreement ready with the player so it's on Benfica now, and it's especially on the president, Manuel Ricosta, who has to decide what he wants to do. So let's see, because this week will be crucial. Uh, I don't see this deal, from what I'm told, as one who will go to the final days or final weeks of the window. For Benfica, is yes or no in few days. Uh, and so this week, it would be really important to understand if Chelsea will be able to sign Enzo Fernandes. Well, you've got Badia Shiel already coming in at Chelsea. So do you think that you know Fernandes could potentially be the next uh, you know player through the door for Chelsea? Yes, I think this is the priority, the midfield now, because as you mentioned, Badia Shil is a done deal. Uh, the player is in London today to have his medical. The contracts are ready between Chelsea and Monaco for 38 million euros. So everything is done between clubs. The player will sign later today. So they have a new centre-back, a new left-footed centre-back, which was a priority for Graham Potter. And now, yes, the, pri- the priority is the midfield. Uh, is to discuss again with uh, with Benfica Forenzo, is to decide on N'Golo Kante situation and Jorginho situation in the next months, because there will be conversations to understand their contracts Uh, what Chelsea want to do, what the player wants to do. And then uh, we will see, because it's not just Enzo Fernandez. They are following many players. They want to try for Jude Bellingham too in the summer, but we know that Liverpool are pushing with Jurgen Klopp uh, since a long time. Real Madrid and Manchester City are also in the race. So for Bellingham, it's going to be a long fight. But for Chelsea, the midfield is now going to be the priority together with a potential new winger. Because I mentioned Mudrik before. We know that Arsenal is the priority, but Chelsea are also exploring the market for a potential new winger and new midfielder. Uh, excellent stuff. And uh, there's also uh, reports out that Romelu Lukaku wants to stay at Inter. Obviously not the the best moment of his career at this moment in time. And you'd expect that form will probably dictate that. I don't know if that means that Inter might not be willing to sort of pay the money that would be necessary to turn that into a permanent deal. Do you have any updates on uh, that situation, Fab? Yes, I think it's pretty clear. Romero Lukaku wants to stay at Inter and Romero Lukaku has no intention to go back to Chelsea. I think this is this is very clear. Uh, at the same time, the first part of the season for Lukaku was a big problem because he almost never played for Inter. He was always injured. And this is why I think the second part of the season will be crucial to understand if Inter will proceed and negotiate with Chelsea for maybe one more year of loan or maybe for a permanent deal. We will see. But at the moment, there are not even negotiations between clubs because Inter want to make sure that Lukaku is fit in the second part of the season, can make Make the difference in the second part of the season and then they would be happy to, to negotiate with Chelsea but for sure on player side as he stated uh, in public but also I'm told in private the intention is very clear he wants to stay at Inter he wants to continue at Inter and I think Chelsea are already thinking on different strikers for the future so this is why the best way would be to find a way together Chelsea and Inter for Romelu Lukaku but it also depends on what happens in the second part of the season. 
And now, uh, you know, one of the big transfer stories the last couple of weeks has obviously been Cristiano Ronaldo moving to Saudi Arabia. Uh, he's on his way there today for his unveiling, his official unveiling with the club, Al Nazar. Uh, is Are you hearing anything potentially about their transfer plans of, you know, how to build that team uh, around CR7? Uh, you know, there's been rumors as well that Sergio Ramos is a player who's quite high on their list of priorities. Is there anything that you're hearing on uh, on that front? First of all, I want to say congrats to our James Bench for the news because it was a, a bomb. And so to, to mention about Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nasser was a really important one. And congrats to Al Nasser also because uh, signing Cristiano was a, is, a, is a big statement and they want to continue to answer your question. They want to continue because it's true that Sergio Ramos is one of the players they approach it in case he will decide not to stay at Paris Saint-Germain. It's still open between PSG and Ramos eh, because there is a conversation over potential one-year contract extension. So nothing is decided yet, but it's true that Al Nasser are thinking of Ramos. They also had some approaches with people close to N'Golo Kante, but as mentioned, now Kante is back in uh, discussions with Chelsea over potential new contract. So we will see, but I'm sure in the summer they will go for one, two important players to rebuild the team and to help Cristiano Ronaldo to fill around stars. So this will be the mission, but for sure Al-Nazar will be busy and these are just some of the names they are approaching. So keep an eye on potential free agents, uh, potential free agents, I mean, in the summer, summer 2023, and then we will see what they will do. Yeah, quite right to point out uh, James Benj breaking that massive story. Ben Jacobs as well doing some fine work with that. So thanks to both of our colleagues there. Uh, speaking of uh, free agents, uh, Lovren joining uh, Leon. Is there any other potential moves for any Croatians, uh, you know, post-World Cup? Because obviously, uh, you know, a very, very impressive showing, uh, you know, finishing third. So, you know, are you expecting any of the other members of that World Cup squad to perhaps be on the move now or are they likely to wait until the summer? First of all, I think this is a very interesting one for Lyon because he's an experienced centre-back, uh, was in very well with the national team and it's always been a very good one. So good signing for Lyon on a two-year deal. And I think we have to keep an eye on Josip Juranovic, the right-back. He had a fantastic game with Brazil at the World Cup. He's a very good right-back, doing very well for Celtic. Uh, they already signed his replacement and this is why there is a chance he will leave in this January transfer window. So let's see if some English club looking for a new right-back will explore this possibility. Some Italian club also approached the agents of Juranovic but at the moment it's still an open one I think this is one to watch in the second part of January and Juranovic could be could be the name because I think for the big ones nothing is going to happen in, in January well we've got a couple of minutes left with Fab so we'll get to some of the questions that you've been sending in do keep them coming we do always appreciate your input uh, you've got Maximilian Wobber to uh, Leeds are there any updates on uh, on that I saw that you were tweeting about it the other day it's almost done. Yes, we just wait for the contracts to be signed, but they are preparing the paperwork and everything. So Leeds and Salzburg have an agreement in place. It's around 12 million plus sedons. So there is an agreement ready between the two the two clubs, uh, agreement ready with the player. Wober is ready to make his move to the Premier League. Jesse March knows him very well and wanted him as new signing for, for Leeds. So we just wait for the player to complete the second part of the medical and for contracts to be signed. But Wober will be new Leeds signing. Excellent stuff. And uh, to bring it back to the main topic of today, Arsenal, you've got uh, Rexy here saying about a month ago, there were many reports about Arsenal and Dicker reaching a pre-agreement. Do you have anything uh, on that topic? And Dicker himself, uh, you know, quite an interesting uh, subject as well. There was a lot of interest in him and that seems to have cooled a little bit. But do you think he's somebody that could be of interest to the likes of Arsenal and perhaps other European clubs, maybe more with an eye to the summer window? 
I think we got many rumors about him because in Italy we also had the same kind of rumor with Roma and many other clubs around Europe. It's normal when a player, important player like Ndika is free agent, is is normal to have this kind of stories of links. I'm told that he has no pre-agreement with any club at the moment. The player is still available. He's speaking to clubs. Uh, we will see if Arsenal will decide to proceed. They had some conversations months ago with his agents. They have good relationship, but also many other clubs in Italy, in England. So it's absolutely an open race for Ndika. And I think he will wait a bit to decide his future club. So it's still not time to say that it's done for uh, for Ndika. Fantastic stuff. Well, that's pretty much all that we have time for. So, uh, you know, thanks a lot uh, to uh, to Fab, first of all, for, for taking the time to answer your questions and uh, go over a lot of topics of interest to Arsenal fans and others. Uh, but also thanks a lot to you guys as well for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform or an Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. In fact, we're also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Wishing you a, a happy and prosperous 2023 from all the team fab final thoughts thanks so much once again for uh, for coming and joining us thank you as always and uh, see you soon again here on house of champions we will have many news to share in the next days and weeks so get ready and see you soon so looking forward to it